Hey guys, welcome back to episode number three. This is the Slinging Stones podcast. My name is Andy Branham. I'm your host and welcoming back for a third week. He hasn't quit yet. Luke, how you doing, buddy? Luke Troll. Man, uh, you know, it's been an interesting week. Started out the week going to, uh, a, well, ended the week last week going to a drama and went through Resurrection Weekend and topped it off with a virus first thing this week. But I'm still fat, I'm still happy, and I'm still here. Well, um, Easter was a blessing. Uh, Resurrection Sunday was a blessing. It was an opportunity to see some baptisms. It was an opportunity to... Uh, be a part and be uh, fellowship with the body of Christ in this church that we go to. We had a massive crowd that was just awesome. Uh, the worship was on point. The preaching was on point. And uh, it, just, it just, you know, makes you want to come back the next Sunday for some more. Man, yeah. It's, you know, the, the, the baptisms was, that's always awesome. See new believers come and do, the, you know, their profession of faith and baptism. And then the message, it's just, it's really resonated with me all week that, uh, you know, the enemy doesn't have the keys anymore. Jesus has got the keys. He's got the keys to life and he's got the keys to death. And I'm glad I know which side of that door I'm on. Yeah. Amen. Um, so we are on episode three. We are now starting, we're going to dive into the meat, the potatoes of Romans. We're actually going to get into verses. We're actually going to get into scripture. Uh, now, how far we get, I don't know, um, but I think it's going to be, um, I think, you know, if, if you're open to it and you're trying to learn, I think we'll learn something together, uh, but I'm excited about it. Um, I think we talked today on the phone, and it's just looking forward to kind of seeing where this thing takes us, where Romans, us reading Romans, us learning about Romans, and taking you, the listeners, on this journey through Romans, it, it's you know, the unknown of where it's going to take, the the trails, the the talking points and all that. We're just excited about the unknown right now. Well, I tell you what, I think I'm going to start taking uh, bets on what president's going to be in office when we get through Romans. Ah. Because there is a lot to unpack in the book of Romans, no doubt. It'll be a couple terms, a couple terms. <laughs> so here's the way we're going to lay it out, guys. We are going to lay this thing out. Um, so we're going to lay it out in sections. Um you know, the Bible that I use is, is the um, is the ESV. Uh, that's what I'll be reading out of. Um, so the first seven verses are the, kind of its own section. And it's kind of the greeting that Paul used for Romans. But we're going to read the first seven verses. Um, and just like we spoke earlier, Luke, we may get through one verse. We may get through four. We may get through seven. Don't hold your breath on that last one. I think that's seven verses. I think you're being ambitious. You think you think ambition is taking over. I think, you know, I think, well, I mean, let's be honest here. You've got, when we talked earlier, 14 pages of notes and have barely gotten through verse what? I'm on verse 14. I mean, that's, that's, that's an average of one page per verse. I mean, trees are shaking. I mean, you know, Office Depot is going to love you by the end of this podcast. Oh, I'm going to be a rewards member. You're going to get Christmas cards from Office Depot. <laughs> All right. So, you know, guys, like we always do, we always start we, uh, with with prayer and, uh, you know, asking God to, to bless us and, and open our minds and open our hearts to what the Word's going to tell us, uh, how the Word's going to speak to us, and we just, we, we're not going to stop doing that. So, uh, Luke, if you would. 
Uh, would you lead us in through prayer? Let's do it. All right. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Father, I thank you for all the blessings that you give us. I thank you for the resurrection weekend that we just had, Father. Father, without the resurrection, everything else would be empty. Father, the, the resurrection ties everything in our faith and our belief. It ties it all together, and we thank you for that. I thank you for my brother Andy. I thank you for his faithfulness. I thank you for his work that he puts into this. But, Father, most of all, I thank you for your word that inspires us to do what we do, Father. The word that we want to to not only be better men, Father, but just to take this gospel seed out and spread it among the people, Father. Whether whether it falls on one healthy ear or a thousand, Father, we just we just pray that these seeds fall on good fertile soil and that you come behind and harvest. So, Father, just hide us behind your cross and shelter us beneath the safety of your wings. All these things we ask in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, here we go. Let's, um, as I say, as we're coming up on the weekend of Talladega, gentlemen, start your engines. Here we go. So Romans starts off like this, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and holy scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in the power in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead Jesus Christ our Lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ to all those in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see Paul kind of starting off, talking, kind of kind of laying out some credentials. Um, you know, he talks about his credentials. He kind of, you know, he who he is, he's a servant. He's called to be an apostle. He's set apart for the gospel. You know, the, the servant part, you know, the aim here is willingly to become a slave to Christ, a bond servant, and to serve Christ with no reservation. You know, in John uh, 12, 26, it states that if anyone serves me, he must follow me and where I am. There will be there. There will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So we even see right here in in John through Christ's ministry, we see what a servant, what Jesus lays out as a servant, and what will happen if you are a servant of Christ. Right? Absolutely. Um, so let's let's kind of let's kind of bring out some hard truths real quick. So a lot of people are slaves to. A lot of people are slaves to things in, in, in this world. They're not slaves to Christ. They're slaves to, they're enslaved to today's world. In today's world, I mean money, food, drugs, alcohol, material things, Facebook, uh, sex, porn, lust, work, fame, power, all these different things. They're, they're slaves to it. It's, it, 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 eats, it eats them alive if they can't get it. I, I'm guaranteeing 90% of people the first thing they do is get on their phone in the mornings and get on Facebook. 
Um, we look at um, – hang on, guys. I'm having a technical difficulty here. Man, I bet that sounds great. Well, yes. That'll go on the blooper reel because that was a microphone about to come off its stand right there. Yes. So, uh, so um, that was a that was an absolute first right there. I looked over and it was like sliding. I'm just glad it's not me making the noise. So that's that's Anyways, on me. That's on let, me. I'm let, sorry. Let's get back to being slaves, guys. I apologize, but we're not going to let anything hinder what we're doing here. So we look at slaves and we look at, you know, everybody sees the word slave and they, and they always go back to the Civil War times and all these things. But, you know, to be a slave, um, it depends on really your master. So we see the world, if you're slaves to the world, what, what are you doing? You're getting instant gratification. You're continually having to seek for more. You're continually having, you know, it's always going to end up being not enough. It always going to end up being um, detrimental to you, um, to your family, to your friends. Um, there are people that are so money hungry and money driven, or drug hungry and drug driven. They'll steal, they'll kill, and it's not just strangers. They'll do it to their own family, their own friends, people that's supposed to be a loyalty kind of circled thing. Well, you know, it's odd that you went with those those two. You left out the destroy because they'll destroy lives. Mm -hmm. And what is the enemy here to do? Kill, 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 steal, and destroy. Yep. Um, but then we look at we look at kind of what it looks like to be enslaved to a good master. And we're going to take this from a different standpoint to a master to someone who will save you, save you from all the bondages and enslavements of life of the world that will take those away from you. To someone who will give you life, a life that overflows with abundance, with all good things of life. To someone who will meet your every need. I'm not talking about throw, get, go ahead and just drop gobs of cash on you. He will meet your need as fit. But that create, that is, that it, it's, it, you got to remember, obedience is a part of that enslavement. To someone who will guide you and teach you how to conquer and to live victoriously over all the trials and problems of your life. It is not possible, it is not possible, listen to my words, it is impossible to be a slave to both good and evil. That's right. So the question really to start this thing off, and it's a tough one because we, I mean, we got hit on the first, on verse one this slave to Christ, this bond servant to Christ. Who do we serve? What are you serving? Do you go to church on Wednesday and Sunday, then five more days of the week, you don't, you don't even look at your Bible? You don't look at Christ? You don't try? It's all about career. It's all about family. It's all about travel ball. It's all about uh, ballerina practice. It's all about getting the kids here and there, yet there is no time for Jesus. What's that quote? What's your quote, Andy? You're scheduling, you're scheduling Jesus around your sin. That's right. I love it. So we look at we look at all these things, and it's a tough question. Trust me, I, I've had to look in my mirror, and I've had to check myself several times where I've gotten out of hand, where I've lost. I think I, I thought I was doing right, but the, the world will put a blindfold or a shroud in front of us and make us think that we're heading down the path that Christ wants us to head down, and we're not. We're not acting right. We're not looking right. We're actually kind of showing 
traits that do not do not show Christ likeness. And if how do we get out of that? We 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 become complacent and too confident that we know God, and then we know His Word. So we're like, ah, well, I don't need the Bible today. I'm good. I read two chapters yesterday. That makes up for two days. No, it doesn't. Oh, I prayed. I prayed. I prayed yesterday. I'm good. I prayed like five, ten minutes yesterday. I'm good. Covers my thirty second prayer today. No, it doesn't. Today, be better today than you were yesterday. Be different, more Christ-like today than you were yesterday. You will never reach that full potential on this world, on this earth. The, the, the only time that you're going to reach that entire sanctification process is where? When we're in glory. When we're walking through the gate. That's when it's actually... That's when it's, we've it's, arrived. It's exactly going to happen. So let's, let's outline kind of how this one through seven looks like. So, you know... You know, we got, you know, several points here. So, you know, we see that Paul was a slave to Christ. He was an apostle of God. He was set apart to preach the gospel of God. He had received God's grace and God's mission, and he acknowledged the enslavement of others. Look, we made it to page two. <laughs> I'm sure you'll backtrack. So let's let's dive into um, a slave of Christ, or as I read in my ESV, a servant of Christ Jesus. Um, so slave in, in, in Greek, we all know is, is doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos. So it's the opposite of Lord, curios. So this is, you see, you see the difference here. So curios is Lord, our God, and we're doulos. So you got opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum, which it should be, right? Absolutely. Doulos was used in the Old Testament to describe great men. So it's not just Paul using it. It was used to describe great men. Let's go, let's let's use a few, a few examples. Moses was a doulos of the Lord in Joshua 1 2. Joshua used Joshua was the doulos of God, Joshua 24, 29. When Paul calls himself the slave of Jesus Christ, he is setting himself in the succession of the prophets. Their greatness and their glory lay in the fact that they were slaves of God. Well, first off, you know, you and I haven't compared notes because I, I, I'm without note. I'm not a note taker. Um, I take mental notes. Yeah, failure. And right here in verse one, uh, what jumped off the page at me was Paul lets us know three things right out of the gate oh, in yeah. verse one. He lets us know who he is to the non-believers, to the world. Mm -hmm. I'm Paul. He lets us know who he is to the church, a servant, a bondservant of Christ. And then he lets us know who he is to Christ, yeah. that he is in Christ. Mm -hmm. And that identity that Paul carries with him is something that is vital in our Christian walk. Yeah. We have to know who we are every day. If we forget who we are in Christ and who Christ has called us to be, and furthermore, if we forget what he's called us out of, we will fall back into that same rut. Amen. There is no doubt about it. That is why that broad path to destruction is so easy to follow. Because, you know, if you're on a road, if you're, if, if you're on an old back road that's hadn't been paved in 30 years, it's got the ruts. Yeah. And you can just about let go of your wheel and your car will drive down it. Yeah. Well, that's how easy it is to drop right back into the old sinful behaviors. If you know, if you're a person like I know you, we've discussed in the past that you used to be a drinking kind of guy. 
I used to enjoy a few adult libations myself. Just a little bit. But if you let go even for a month Mm -hmm. of church and everything to do surrounding the Bible, how easy would it be to pick that right back up and go right back at it and hammer down? Oh, you're exactly right. I would be the exact same way. I'm no different, and neither is anybody else. But that is what the world wants us to think, that we can do it on our own, that we don't need church. Mm -hmm. And you can look at right now, since we've had this whole pandemic thing going on, and online church has become a thing. Yeah. And I would say more than more people do online service now than they do come to in-person service out of fear. And then the ones that aren't doing it out of fear are doing it. I'm going to just call it. It's it's laziness. It's absolute laziness because they want to they want to think that it's the same thing to sit in their living room in their PJs, eating a biscuit, sipping a cup of coffee, multitasking, reading a book, reading the paper doing whatever else, and only halfway focusing on what the preacher's saying. Now, there's a reason that the book of Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. There's a reason that it says that. And we can get into that some other time, but if you want to go and look it up, it gives you a lot of reasons of why you shouldn't forsake the assembly of the saints. And the assembly of saints is, as we know, is corporate worship. It's where the saints gather together, surround each other, and we reaffirm our identity in Christ and one another. We hold one another accountable. And, you know, that's what Paul here, when he lets everybody know right out of the gate who he is, he's giving them a reason to hold him accountable. He's he's not beating around the bush about, well, I'm Paul. Um, I used to be this and I may be that. He says, no, I'm Paul. I'm a servant of Christ. I'm tethered to Christ. You know, if you don't know me, I'm just Paul. That's all you need to know. Yeah. But he's given everybody else there a reason to hold him accountable and to hold his feet to the fire because he comes right out of the gate professing his faith. Yeah. And, you know, you, you go back to the church thing. A lot of, a lot of people, when, when you're in the comfort of your own home, when you're in your couch or in your living room or you're in the kitchen and you have it on an iPad sitting over, you know, while we all listen to, you know, worship music or any or stuff like that throughout the day, that's that's OK. You know, we're doing it. But how in the world do you think you're going to react to conviction in your comfort? You're, I would venture to say most people are not going to experience that conviction. No, you're, you're going to you're going to absolutely 100 percent take it and you're going to walk away from it. Well, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling weird on the, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to just cut it off. Guys, we understand, you know, through the pandemic, through health concerns and all that, there's some that need to stay at home. But the one of the ways that we are stronger in the unity of the church, not just I'm talking about not talking about four walls. We're stronger in the unity of the body of believers in the church, the fellow believers in Christ. We're stronger in accountability. We're stronger in, you know, encouragement. We're stronger in strengthening and growing each other is because we're together. We come together to learn about God, to worship, glorify, praise, and honor God with everything that we do. And it doesn't stop. It shouldn't stop on Sunday. It should not stop on Sunday. It doesn't go just Sunday and Wednesday. It goes Sunday through Sunday. It goes 365 days a year, 24-7. I was talking today uh, with, I've got a great group of guys that 
throughout the week, I'm in contact with at least two or three times a week, if not every day. And what that does is it's not me checking on people and saying, hey, how you living? That's not my job. My job is to just call, be a friend, be a brother in Christ. And I tell you what, it helps me probably more than it helps them. It's funny that that's how that works. I mean, it's just like this Bible study that we're doing here. Um, It is, it's, I'm gaining more out of it than I would imagine that anybody that's listening is going to gain personally. Um, You know, listening to what you say, the ideas that we bounce off of one another, uh, the things that God reveals to me, the reflections that I get and the ideas that God has given to people who write these commentaries, John MacArthur, Tony Evans, you know, David Jeremiah, all these big name guys. Yeah, I listen to them. I want to hear what they've got to say. I, I want to know what God's told I, them about I haven't it. used any of their commentaries. I just want to know what God's told them about yeah. it. Um, you know, I've really been struggling with reading here for the last several months. Um, so I listen to a lot. I go in, yeah. I YouTube a lot of stuff. And it's really interesting to hear the conviction in some of these people's voices. And one of the things, one of the common threads that I've seen through a lot of these people is what you're talking about. The being a, you're going to be a slave to something. Yeah. You're a bond servant to something. You may say I'm not into slavery, but I got news for you. If you were living in camp, I'm not a bond, in a bond servant situation. I got news for you. You're a bond servant to sin right now. You're a bond servant to the enemy. There's nothing that he would rather do than to get you so complacent that you don't even realize you're serving him. You have no clue that you're serving him. And if you look at the two different masters, like you were talking about, if you're going to be a master to the Lord, the Lord is not going to force himself on you. He wants you to be there because he loves you. Yeah. He wants to give you the freedom to move around, the freedom to explore who you are in him. But now you go to the enemy well, let, let, let me let me finish with this one with the Lord. You walk away from the Lord, he's not going to beat on you. Mm-hmm. He's just not, you know, you may feel some 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 sting and some conviction, but he's not going to beat on you. But when the enemy's got you and you walk away from the enemy, I mean, you can attest to what happened this fall when, this past fall when you got hammered, man. You know, the things that oh, happened yeah. in your life, you got absolutely hammered. And that's because you grew closer to Christ and further away from the enemy, even though you weren't living in the enemy's fan zone, you still moved further away from him, and he absolutely hammered on you. Yeah, I mean, let's take a look. I mean, let's let's look at exactly what you know. We're diving we're diving into exactly kind of the way the conversation I thought would go tonight, especially with going into the a slave of Christ. Um. A slave means far more than just a servant. Um, it means a slave totally possessed by the master. It is a bond servant bound by law to a master. Let's look at it. Let's look at what you know, slaves of Paul's day, um, and what it meant to be a slave of Christ. Um, so, the slave in Paul's day was owned by his master. He was totally possessed by his master. Paul was purchased and possessed by Christ. Christ loved him and brought him that brought him. Therefore, he was now the possession of Christ. The slave existed 
for his master, and he had no other reason for existence. The same for Paul. He existed only for Christ. His rights were the rights of Christ only. And we see it all throughout his writings, his letters to the church, and the way he was so driven. He was driven to, by his ministry, by, the, by his missionary journeys, that you, you, could, you can't miss it. I mean, if you read Paul's um, letters and you read his writings, his passion, his, his desire was for one thing and one thing only, and that was for Christ. Um, the slave served as master, and he's, he existed only for the purpose of service. Everything we do should have Christ in it and top priority in it, of it. I'm sorry, not have top priority of it. And the slave will belong to his master. Paul belonged to Christ. In fact, he said that he fought and struggled to, to bring even to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ in 2 Corinthians 10:5. How often do we even think about that, our thoughts? You know, how often do we have a thought that is not Christ-like, that is not in not in line with what God tells us in his word, and we just let it go. I struggle with it every day. We we all struggle with it. We we struggle with it in traffic. Luke don't say anything. We we struggle with it, you know, in our habits. We struggle with it in our um, in everyday life. You know how we you know how we approach our kids, how we train up our kids, how we you know how we approach all sorts of situations, and how we live every day. There are times we are going to fail. We are going to fail, but. The main thing is we need to know who is our master. I tell you what, when we accepted, when we said, God, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, I believe you came to this world, born a virgin birth. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. Your blood washed my sins and washed me white. We're buried in a tomb and, and, and rose on the third day. When we make that statement, when we make that proclamation of faith that God, Christ is ours, our God, one and only, and then we make the proclamation of, you know, public display of, of baptism. Guys, we're, 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 we're a servant. We're a slave to Christ. And a lot of people, they get dipped in the water, head out like they did, and they don't live anymore towards Christ than they did before. They were dipped in water, and that's it. All they were is wet. They weren't changed. The Holy Spirit should change you to make you turn around, repent, turn away, and go the other way from the life you were living. Man, there's there's just a lot. There's a lot in that. You know, I, I think about the, the part where you're talking about people getting baptized and then just run right back out into the world. You know, you've got one camp that says, well, you know, those people were never really saved anyways. It was a false conversion. And then you've got people like me who can say that, no, I was truly converted. Um, and I'm not blaming this on anyone else, but I was done the way that a lot of churches do new converts and flipped a paperback Bible and said, good luck. Here's the owner's manual. Good luck. Start, figure it out. Start in John. Start <laughs> Start somewhere and good luck figuring it out. We're here if we need you. Let me know. Just, just let you know I'm praying for you. There's and that. Then, wait, wait, and then they don't even pray for you. Then, right, they, then yeah, they just yeah. forget about it. And, you know, then I spend another 20 years out in the weeds. 
And you know, oh, you, you don't even get weeds. You get barren desert. You get Sahara style. That's I mean, what you, you get. know, I, I think weeds because I'm in there with the chiggers and the ticks and but you know mosquitoes and everything that itches and is unpleasant. Yeah, exactly right. And but you know, then there's what we talked about before. But God, mm. but God is faithful to forgive. And during those during those hard times in the weeds, it hardens you in places and it softens you in places and it begins to work on you and mold you and change you. And you start noticing things around you that you never noticed before. You start noticing the guy in the restaurant that when he walks in, you can tell that he's a bondservant to Christ. Just by the way he carries himself, you know that he's that guy. And, you know, you told me today that uh, somebody made a phone call to you that somebody noticed that you're that guy on the job. Yeah. And, man, that to me, that's... That's an honor that I hope to be able to achieve someday. That, that's a high honor in the Lord, that the Lord gives me enough of him in me that other people can just see it yeah. by the way I conduct myself and the way I carry myself without even having to make an announcement. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's something that we all have to strive for, to, 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 to have that type of a relationship, to be that in tune with God and to be that type of a servant of God. Uh, being a servant's not at all a bad thing, because as we've said uh, 42,000 times in the last 10 minutes, you're going to be a servant to something. Yeah. You, are you going to be a servant to something that is going to drown you, or are you going to be a servant to something that is going to throw out a hand and pull you up when you say, help me, Lord? What are you going to be a servant to? Are you going to be the servant that gets handed a glass of water when you're drowning? Or are you going to be the servant that gets a life ring? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, you know, being a slave or a servant to Christ is it's, it's not a lowly thing. It's, you know, it's, you know, believer slavery to Jesus Christ is not a cringeworthy, cowardly, and shameful thing. It's a position of honor. Uh, we see, you know, we, we, we read about the men, you know, Moses and Joshua. And then we see, you know, David was a slave of God, you know, in Second Samuel 3.18. And then in Psalms um, 78.76, I think that's a six I wrote. Um, Paul was a slave of Christ, as he mentions in almost every one of his letters. When he introduces himself, he is real quick. The next line is real is most of the time going to be, hey, I'm. I'm, it's just like the statement, I'm Andy in Christ. That's right. Um, James was a slave of, of God. Peter was a slave of Christ. Jude was a slave of God. The prophets were slaves of God. You know, and you can see in Amos 3.7, Jeremiah 7.25, Christian believers are said to be slaves of Christ. Acts 2.18, 1 Corinthians 7.22, Ephesians 6.6, 6, uh, Colossians 4.12, and 2 Timothy 2.24. There's so many times and and all the ones i said there's there's scripture based right behind it well i'll bring out another point that i'll guarantee you not many people have thought about because when i thought about it it was kind of an aha moment and i had to do some digging and i couldn't find much on it but when jesus was walking the earth in his ministry from the time that he fully embraced his calling into the ministry and you know he was what 12 years old when he was teaching and preaching in the temples Jesus was not only a slave to the Father, but he was enslaved to men. 
he was enslaved to do you and I to do a job that he didn't, he could, there was no way that that as him being all man could have been something he was looking forward to doing. When, when he knew that he had to take this cup to become sin, to be beaten, to be flogged, to be tortured, ridiculed, spit on, crown of thorns, nailed to a tree, stabbed, buried, died. You know, there was no way he could have, as a man, wanted to do that. But he knew that he had a job to do. He was enslaved to man through the Father, that that was the only way. That there was no other way. Yeah. So Jesus took that on himself. He said, okay, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I will be a slave to men for the sake of their soul. If that's what it takes to get my people in heaven, that's what I'll do. And the, that, you know, that my people thing, um, I'll wait till you get into verse two because I've got some stuff about that. Um, if we ever get there next month. We're not getting in there. <laughs> but, I mean, really, um, think about that. Am I, am I wrong? Jesus, he was he was enslaved to do that. He was yeah. he was a servant to do that. He was sent here to be a servant to men. Yeah, and you know it's it's tough. I mean, when you're, I mean, when you're a new believer and and you know the Holy Spirit's grabbed a hold of you, and then you sit back and you kind of realize you see this these statements, you see the the expectations. That you, that are placed on if you're a man that are placed on you of what you're to be as a godly man, it, it can be overwhelming. But that's the reason that I believe. And if you're listening from our church or you're listening from some other church, I believe you have to you have to not so much coddle, but you have to graze and and ingrain the these new believers from day one. You can't leave them alone. You can't leave, you can't drop them after six months. You have to continually grow in them and instill in them what God's placing for them. You know, you read a good verse, you text it to them, and you explain it, and then you have great conversations about it. Let them know that it is a it's not a non masculine thing to read the Bible, pray, and be that type of man. That is not a demasculating thing. That is, to me, what some of, you know, I I used to think so before I was a believer. You know, it was kind of, you know, I guess before I thought, you know, before I, you know, came to Christ, you know, five, six years ago, I thought, you know, ah, if I get saved, I'm going to have to get skinny jeans and all this sort of stuff. But no, it's not. They look good on you, by the way. Do they? Thank you. I got good life. I got got good thighs or whatever. (laughs) Um, My kneecaps are great. Um, you can be the same person. You can be you. Your personality is you. Christ will change you. The Holy Spirit will change you, and it will take over you. Ooh, but preach it. if you don't allow it, if you're not in God's Word, if you're not in prayer, if you're not open to God changing you, it's not, if you're not a servant, a slave to Christ, there's no way He can change you. Absolutely. When you become that slave to Christ, and, you know, it's odd. We had this conversation. Very, we had this very conversation about who we are. Hmm. Um, the kingdom needs bold men and women to do as the Bible instructs and stand firm in the word. There are so many churches, there are so many pastors, there are so many teachers, there are so many ministers, preachers, and evangelists of the gospel 
that are conformed by the world's opinion of the gospel instead of being transformed by the word that is sickening. You see things, like, and I'm going to bring up some unpopular stuff here. You, you see stuff like open homosexuality being embraced in the church. You see the word of God being rewritten around homosexuality in the Queen James Bible. I hope every, every copy of that bursts into flames. I hope every hand that touches it develops blisters. Yeah. It is an abomination. You see things like that just, I mean, a blind eye is turned and they say, oh, acceptance, acceptance, tolerance, tolerance. And it's just not true. It is absolutely not true. When you get into the word and you truly start applying this word to your life, when you enslave yourself to the word and not the world, mm. to Christ and not the people that live on this dirt rock that we call earth, when you enslave yourself to the creator of all things, he will make you what he needs you to be with the tools he's already armed you with. If he has armed you with a spirit of boldness, be bold, be gentle, but be bold. Well, let's let's take it let's take it from another side, guys. I'm I'm gonna speak to y'all. I'm gonna speak to our men. If you know, if you see a young believer, or you see someone that's opening themselves for that conversation, for that gospel centered conversation, that salvation conversation, if you ignore that, it should break your heart that you did not do as your master commanded you right then. That's the problem we walk through the day with. That's what disturbs me most is the fact that we all sit here and think that we've got two more important things to do than to do what our master is telling us to do. It may not be handing a dollar to a homeless guy at the end of an exit ramp, but it may be praying for someone on aisle seven of Walmart. That's right. It may be, you know, taking the time to talk to someone about Christ on your job site. While it doesn't feel right, I promise you, it's never going to feel right to the world. Ever. It's never going to feel right to the world. So when you sit there and you make these concessions going, no, it's my time, God. I don't need you here right now. When, it, when you go, oh, God, I'm on the 8 to 5. I'm on the clock. God does not care. He created that clock. He does not care about your time punching, 8 to 5, payday work, working, anything. Because guess what? If you're worried about God getting into your time, I guarantee you, you shouldn't worry about God getting into your, your, your paycheck or anything because you're not giving him his paycheck anyway with your tithes. That's right. And I hate to be like that, but, you know, if you're not throwing your 10% and making sure that you're honoring God with everything that he's given you on job, finances, you know, economically, healthy, health, you know, health-wise, I was going to say healthily, but that was just not a word. It's like a new word. It's like President Bush, strategy. I mispronunciated a word. <laughs> that was ironical. Come so, on. Come on, man. So, you know, if you are not willing to take the full 360 immersion what are you doing it you can't straddle the line i explain it to my son and it, it's probably the worst explanation i could give but i'm like dude if you straddle the line and one leg's in the world and one leg's for christ that line's going to kick you in the wrong spot and it's not going to be good and guess what it's going to hurt i'd rather be, i'd rather be on the side with christ because ultimately 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 at the end of the day every knee will bow Every tongue will confess. Every tongue will confess. He's going to win. That's right. So why not be on the winning side before we got to live through that? Well, you know, what is what is it saying? I think it's Revelation 3.16. It 
because you were neither hot nor cold, but you were lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. And I think it's the uh, Greek translation is vomit. It's not spew. It's vomit. Now, I'll tell you this one. Man, that's pretty good, dude. You got that. That was was good. I had to to check you. So since you brought that one up, I'm going to share. You know, I just I am fresh off of having a violent vomiting virus. Are you about to testify? I'm about to tell you what occurred in my little pea brain while I was (laughs) hugging the garbage can. And I'm serious now. This is how God will reveal stuff to you. As I am sitting there in the throes of a virus, that verse hits me. And I'm thinking, how unpleasant is this for me to be sitting here barfing up two nights ago's supper because I my body was sick? Mm-hmm. How unpleasant is that? Is there anything that a human body can do that is more unpleasant than violent nausea? Oh, yeah. Not much. Yeah. So this is the way that God chose for himself to dispose of lukewarm Christians. Yeah. The most unpleasant, vile, disgusting manner. That tells you, that should tell you right there because it spoke volumes to my heart of that's how much it's going to hurt my Jesus to have to cast me to the side if I choose to be that person. Yeah. If I choose to be just kind of yoked to him. He would rather me sit at the house and do nothing than to just dabble. He wants you to be on fire or cold as a wedge. Yeah, yeah. So as we wrap up, and like I said, we didn't make it through four words of <laughs> verse one. Um, Luke was Luke was setting lofty goals for me. Um, and when it you did, said you were reading through verse seven, I said, man, that's it ambitious. Didn't, it didn't work. New Year's resolution next year. Let's make it get through. through verse seven. Yeah, get through verse seven. <laughs> so we, 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 we covered a lot <laughs> and I say that jokingly, but guys, this is how important when it's taken, you know, in, in the severity of what our faith is, you know, I, I tell you what, you know, and I, and, and this is kind of a, a testimony type statement I'm going to make. Um, we're in the year 2022. You know, five years ago today, this 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 w- this was not me. This was completely opposite of me. I went to church to make my wife happy. I went to church to, you know, kind of be there. You know, I was kind of the, you know, Easter Sunday guy. And, and you, you rock and rolled in there and then you left and you did whatever. Thank God and, for Jenny on the block. Thank God for my wife, Jennifer. She is a blessing that I can't even, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but you know, with my, you know, with my wife praying for me, it it just, there's a complete change. Um, you know, it's probably not pot. It's probably not, you know, popular or anything, but I'm not afraid. My Bible is sitting in the truck seat next to me all day, every day. Um, you know, sometimes I get busy and, and I, 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 I'm driving or running all over the place and I don't get to, you know, turn over and get to it. But, you know, it reminds me of who I serve. It reminds me of who I serve. Um, so with that being said, as we wrap up today, um, episode three, the first, you really dive into the Roman scriptures. Um, who's your master? Ask yourself this question. Kind of look at your life meditate on who you are and what you are and what you do with your everyday walk it doesn't i mean if you're a non-believer you're a non-believer if you're a believer you're a believer 
Look at your life. Do you wake up in the morning and Facebook dominates your phone and you ha- you could have used 15 to 20 minutes to go over a piece of scripture and meditate and kind of pray on it? Do you spend your morning drive into work um, calling people and gossiping or listen to the radio or praying? Do you start your day with prayer? Do you end your day with prayer? Do you even put prayer in your day? Do you even put God's word in your day? Who's your master? Are you a bondservant of Christ? And it take a good hard look in the mirror because it does matter. Your answer matters because your answer is going to dictate whether you need to change or not. Well, I'll, uh, my, my closing comment is going to be this. If you're not enslaved to Christ, if you haven't given your life to Christ, if you've, if there's something in this podcast that's been said that's made you realize that you've never come home and you've never surrendered to that, now's your opportunity. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't please don't wait till Sunday. Accept him right now because there's no magic words. There's no special secret prayer. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth verbally that yes, you believe that Jesus Christ was born a man. He died for my sins, and on the third day, he rose again. Yep. You can enslave yourself to the one who will take care of you after this place is rotted and turned to dust. When the earth is no more, you will still be. Uh, you, you, you have to understand that, and I've said it so many times before, and I'm going to say it again, and this won't be the last time I'll say it, but if you're one of these people who think heaven is just magnificent and it's great and it's going to be all that and a bag of chips plus a cotton candy, <laughs> you also have to understand and believe that those same hands that made heaven created hell. Hell was never intended for man, but hell was expanded to accommodate man. So for everything that heaven is, Hell is not going to be everything, everything. So don't, don't wait. Don't, don't put your eternity on the line. Not one more second. So you, we see the importance of looking where we're at, looking where our walk sits. Like Luke said, if you're not walking you know, with God, if you if you if you don't have a relationship with Christ, or you even if you have a relationship with Christ, but you're distant, it's not part of your routine. It's actually fallen out of your routine in the worst way. Look at what's look at what is hindering you from wanting to be a servant to Christ, a slave to Christ, and fix it, fix it, and and you're well you're welcome to. You know, for those who listen, you're welcome to reach out to Luke or myself. We're both That's on right. Facebook. I'm I, I, my name on Facebook is Thomas Branham, Luke Troll. Reach out, send us a message, send us a friend request, send us a message. Say you want to talk. If you need to get a hold of a pastor, we've got some pastors that we can put you at a hold That's of. That's right. Um, but the ultimate thing is, you know, even if it's just an accountability thing, we would love to be accountability partners with you. We would like, you know, hey. Call me at 8.30 every morning and say, hey, have you read your Bible today? Or, hey, can I pray for you at 8.30? I'll put it on my schedule. Or like, hey, what are you doing today, loser? Well, I do that to Luke every day. (laughs) Every day. um, Guys, we are extremely blessed. We feel extremely blessed just to have the opportunity to 
be a part of something like this. This is this this absolutely blows my mind every time we get behind these mics and we're behind the computer and this board and all this. And it just blows my mind that here we are. This this we get the opportunity to bring God's word and bring, you know, God to y'all through words of of encouragement, through his scriptures, through our testimonies. We get to do this every week and we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a lot of laughs. Uh, you know, when the when the mic's off, it, we do have a lot of fun. But, man, you know, when it's time to get down, if there was any time we had – any time that conversations need to be had about Scripture, I guarantee Luke and I, we go into some conversation. Hey, this is our third time having church today. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. So, guys, we, we, we definitely – we um, we're blessed by y'all that listen. We're blessed by everything that we get the opportunity to do. And it's not by any of our doing at all. It's all God. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray us out and then we'll, um, and then we'll see y'all next week. But first, if you're listening on Spotify, which is, that's the only service we're on, click the bell, click the following button and click the bell. That way it'll send you notifications when new episodes are up. Um, so probably the, this new episode um, will be launched later tonight. Hopefully we'll be rocking and rolling. And uh, if, you, if you like us, if you've listened to several episodes in a row, it lets you rate it, give it a five stars. Um, look us up on Facebook. Still haven't created a Facebook page, but that's coming down the line, so be ready for that. Um, so, guys, I'm going to pray us out, and we just appreciate, um, we appreciate y'all, and we appreciate the opportunity to um, be a podcast that y'all listen to. So let's uh, let's close out in prayer. God, we just thank you. We we just thank you for everything that you've done for us, everything that you're doing for us, and everything that you will do for us. Uh, God, it's a blessing that that we get the opportunity to uh, bring your word. Uh, we get to present uh, Jesus Christ to to whoever's listening. Um, we get the opportunity to um, go out into the world and be be Christ centered men that get to walk our daily lives and be put in situations where we can glorify you. And God, we just pray that you would put scenarios and situations in front of us that we would not ignore them, that we would be looking for them, that whether it's someone that needs prayer or a situation that just needs a helping hand and, you know, a God bless you. Uh, we pray for our attitudes to be Christ-like. We play we pray for the way we walk on our job sites, the way we walk into our houses and lead our families is Christ-like. It's godly man. God, we th thank you for uh, all those that are listening. We just pray for a safe end of the week. Uh, I thank you for Luke. I thank you for his uh, his partnership, his, his uh, camaraderie, his friendship, and just all the fun that we get to have in recording these podcasts and uh, just our conversations throughout the week. God, thank you for everything that you do, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, y'all have a blessed week.